0: Uh, Today is Thursday, it's January 12th, 2023. There are lots of things to talk about today, some bad, some worse, some good. Um, While we wait for Ron to get back on, um, I wanna talk a little bit about uh, mental health crisis and the LAPD because this is something that has happened repeatedly and has happened across the country with other police departments. I think we are at a point where it's not controversial to state that the police department is not prepared to handle a mental health crisis, that generally when they do things go terribly wrong, uh, many times resulting in not only injury to these folks, but absolute death, um, as we've seen this week with um, Keenan. And it's time to reevaluate how we do that, right? So I think that these things should be pulled away from the police department and a mental health crisis team should respond um, to these measures. and. I'd like to know what other people think of that in the chat if you guys want to i upgraded to a hut <laughs> um all, all joking us out i'd like to hear what other people think of that because i don't think what we're doing now is working Um, uh, you know i think keenan is absolutely the victim of murder at this point we're going to show the body cam footage if you have not seen it yet it's pretty disturbing or at least part of it you know the officer m- multiple tased him over and over again and they had the taser gun on his back and pressed into his skin with it just going full blast. And obviously this can cause injury cardiac arrest, which is what happened. Uh, and it was unnecessary at that point. He was on the ground and handcuffed. But, but before that, it should have even got to that uh, level, in my opinion. If you see somebody that's having a mental health crisis, we should have a response team that can come in there and handle it and, and do something about it. He could have been talked off the ledge. He could have been dealt with in a humane fashion. Uh, but having the police come in and do that seems really terrible. The internet is not wrong. Song proof. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. So I don't know if he's coming back here or not in the meantime, um, Colin, why don't we fire up some of that body cam footage? So if you have not seen this, uh, it is disturbing if you don't want to see it kind of close your eyes for a second, but I do think, um, we need to know what happened and it's important to see what happened in order to have a, a real discussion about what happens next.
1: Stop it right now. Turn over. Turn over. Or I'm going to tase you. Turn over. Or I'm going to tase you. Turn over. I'm going to tase, tase you. Yes. I can't. Watch Watch your elbow. partner. You're trying to jaw for me. You're trying to jaw for it. me. Stop Please. it. Stop it. I'm going to tase you. Okay. Stop, stop it. I'm going to tase you. Stop it. Or I'm going to tase you. Yes. Stop resisting. Please. stop resisting! Please. 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 Ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chase them. I'm gonna taste him. Ah. They're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill me. Give me low! Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Don't resist. No, okay. stop resisting. Stop resisting. Okay. Stop it. No, stop Help, it. Help, please. Help. Hey. Do not I'm move. Not I'm not resisting.
2: Yeah, am yeah, Do, Do not, not move. Cut. Okay. If not, I'm going to taste you again. Okay. Okay. I got, I got one.
1: Okay. Help me. Okay. <sighs> okay
2: hold on. Stop it. Stop resisting. Uh-uh. Stop resisting. Oh. Ah! 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 ah.
0: So it's pretty disturbing stuff. Um, I want to mention that the TASER policy that the LAPD has is pretty vague. It doesn't say that there's a limit in the number of times an officer can tase someone. But it does advise that they should not do repeated and or simultaneous activations that could cause injury, which is, I think, what we see here. So my opinion is, is this was entirely out of policy. We'll see what happens next. I do want to put up on the screen Karen Bass, who is the mayor of Los Angeles, newly elected. She put out a statement yesterday, um, and I do want to read some of that. She says, full investigations are underway, and I pledge pledge that the city's investigations into these deaths will be transparent and and will reflect the values of Los Angeles. I will ensure that the city's investigations will drive only toward truth and accountability. Furthermore, the officers involved must be placed on immediate leave. No matter what these investigations determine, however, the need for urgent change is clear. We must reduce the use of force overall and I have absolutely no tolerance for excessive force. We must also lead our city forward finally on the mental health crisis that has been allowed to grow faster and cause so much harm to individual Angelenos, their families and our communities. Especially as a former healthcare professional, I am deeply troubled that mental health experts were not called in even, though, even when there was a documented history of past mental health crisis. When there is no immediate risk to others, law enforcement must not be the first responder when someone is experiencing a mental health crisis. I believe officers and Angelinos agree on this. I, yeah, I think they probably do too. Tragically, this is a national crisis and in reviewing a sample of incidents in which people died during encounters with police as part of my legislative work in Congress, my office found that a third or more of the people involved were experiencing a mental health crisis. It is time that proven reforms are universally implemented and accelerated within lapd los angeles must lead nationally on mental health and use of force reform i appreciate chief moore's decision to release the footage today policy allows up to 45 days before footage of use of force incidents is released but i believe the los angeles police department must be as transparent as possible and as expeditious, expeditiously as possible. Once again, my heart breaks for the families and loved ones who are experiencing such a tragic crisis. All right, so that's where we're at with that. Um, you know, Keenan was a English teacher. He was well loved by his students. By all accounts, uh, there is going to be a vigil for him uh, in Venice on Saturday afternoon. That is being um, promoted by BLM Los Angeles. I will go and uh, get some film on that. But clearly, this is just one more uh, event in a series of events that is going to push us towards reform, I hope, because these folks are not capable of handling adequately to a health crisis. And this is the outcome of that, and it's tragic. Okay, still wondering where Ron is. Um, I don't know if he's still having problems with his webcam or his internet. So let's just keep going, and when he can join us, he can join us. Um, next up, I think we're gonna be talking about the SCOTUS decision uh, with Glacier Northwest. So if you haven't been paying attention to this, this is a, uh, went to the SCOTUS this week. It is a union rights uh, situation. I, I actually listened to the oral arguments from from start to finish. and I, I'm gonna go through some of my notes on this. So how it got to SCOTUS is the state of Washington uh, dismissed a tort, claim. So basically, the company was suing the Teamsters Union for property damage. Um, what led up to this is the Teamsters went on strike. And when they did go on strike, the cement trucks were driven back to the property. And uh, and they, they went on strike. But they did try to preserve the condition of the cement, they left the drums ro- rotating. So at that point in time, the management had a choice, they could either drive the cement trunks to the location for them to dump the cement or they could you know, dispose of it there at their facility. Um, it is my understanding that they do dispose of excess cement all the time at the facility, so they do have the ability to do that. But the fact that the uh, workers drove the trucks back and left the drums going means that they did not, in my point, have negligence as far as duty of care. They obviously cared that the cement trucks were not destroyed so what because what what is that base of the argument for the property isn't the cement trucks but rather the fact that the company had to dump the cement and then pay for it to be hauled out ron are you back
3: i'm back my internet like as soon as the song ended my internet just (laughs) like went
0: bro you broke the internet
3: (laughs) i broke the internet they were like you're not allowed to sing along with the intro music ever again if you do that again we're just gonna the internet gods were just like no too much too much smashing the like button encouragement we can't have that you got to mix it up it was literally because I was just I don't know if people heard it but I was like so why are not we live yet and then all of a sudden I realized like my you internet was just yeah over <laughs> and I was like oh god what's going on and so hopefully it's not yeah hopefully it's okay throughout the show wonky. you
0: seem okay right now if if not we'll carry on without you so um I don't know if you had anything you wanted to add to the Keenan Anderson story, I discussed, I showed the body cam footage and we discussed, um, I discussed mental health uh, as as, as being a problem where we have to replace LAPD responding to these calls, not just the LAPD, any police department. It, It makes absolutely no sense that law enforcement is tasked with dealing with these crises they don't know how to handle them and they generally handle them poorly and somebody's either injured or killed and it's totally unacceptable. Um, well,
3: I mean, I didn't get to wa- I watched the footage prior. I didn't get to watch okay. the footage live with everybody, but I watched it on my own. Um, and it was very difficult to watch. You are you watch police literally murder a man who was begging for his life. He was yeah. begging for his he life. They murdered life. him. It takes a lot to tase a person to death, as you saw, and they tased this man to death. Um, There's so many questions in in this particular case, because you kind of wonder, did they know who his family was? I mean, he has, uh, I believe it's his cousin. Is that correct? Who is uh, one of the founders?
0: Yeah, I did not mention that. You know, that's interesting that you're bringing that up. It didn't occur to me that that could have been any sort of motivational retaliation i don't think that these officers knew but his uh cousin is one of the founders of blm los angeles
3: yeah i I mean you can't help but wonder i mean who knows but you can't help but wonder and and another thing i can say this on a personal level um the man was involved in a car accident uh uh, keenan anderson was involved in a car accident when you like I, i was in a bad car accident in 2013 and when that happens, and it happened to me, for a lot of people, you have a moment where you're kind of in shock and where you can't really compose yourself, which I think is was what was happening with this man. He was saying, help me, help me. He was in shock because he was in a bad accident. That happened to me. I-
0: yeah. Uh-oh. Not- we might have. <laughs> We're losing uh, you a little bit. I think
3: I'm here. Are you're you losing again. me again?
0: No, right. Lennon came back. Um, I think you have wonky internet today
3: i th- something weird is going on today. I don't know why. I mean, it's it just started. Go figure. But uh, but yeah, um, but so I was in a really bad accident. I mean, it, it's it's a day of my life. I'll never forget. And there was a period of time where I could not like I, I just didn't have it together. I, I was I was panicking and I was just like, oh, my God, because like so many thoughts are going through your head. You just saw your life flash before your eyes. And when I when it first happened, I got out of the car. And I didn't know what to do. I was just kind of waving my arms. Finally, the guy, actually the guy who hit me, uh, came over to me. And he's like, dude, get out of the street. Let's. And I'm like, what happened? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, we were both kind of in shock. And, you know, at one point, I, I just kind of couldn't really, uh, I just didn't have it under control. It, it's almost like. You know, if you don't kind of catch yourself, you you could have a panic attack. I'm sure some people do. I, I yeah. didn't. No, fortunately. that's fair.
0: No, that is but, fair. But
3: um, but I was not together and and the cop in my situation did what you were supposed to do. He called me, he, he said, Sir, you need to calm down. He said, Sir, if if I feel like you're not like if I feel like you need to, I'm gonna have to put you in an ambulance. And and I said, Give me a second, give me a second. I, I caught my breath. I, I settled down. But
0: <laughs> what you settled mean, down? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I just kind of got it together, and and yeah, and. But you. I mean, seriously though, like
0: uh, people have different I wonder, reactions to stressful situations. Yeah. Well, no, it's not I, just that, but should, I
3: wonder if I this have wonder never if never
0: been a death sentence. It's just insane. No,
3: I mean, well, that's the thing. If we're being very honest with the world we're living, I wonder what my experience would have been like if I wasn't white.
0: Right. No, I, I, won- think I wonder how
3: they would have treated me if I wasn't. Wh- I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe that was just, you know, like like the cop would have done the same no matter what. Who knows? But you can't help wonder, gee, if I wasn't white, I wonder if I would have been treated the same way. Because here's someone who it sounds like just went through the same thing I went through years ago. They killed him. They murdered him. I, I mean, and, and I-, I don't know if you went through Karen Bass's statement on the matter. I did.
0: I did. I well, it. Um, you, you
3: know, it, it sounds nice, but again, she does not favor defunding the police. She is uh, all about putting more officers out there. She's been no, you know, like, like no think, thorn in on, that side whatsoever. To be,
0: fair, to be fair and charitable to Karen, I she does favor creating a mental health crisis response team to replace where the LAPD would call up the mental health crisis response team to come in and deal with things like this. So, um, no, she doesn't want to defund the police department necessarily, but she does, she does want not. to add... She does want to add this other thing, which I think would be a step in the right direction.
3: I mean, hopefully, I'll believe it when I see it. And also, I, honestly, I mean, at this point, I, I mean, I, I still would have concerns because I'd be like, well, would they utilize this properly, or would they just? Yeah,
0: no, I know. There's or, a lot or, of or would the cops?
3: There. Would the cops just taste somebody to death and then be like, hey, you know? I mean, so. And I think you know. I mean, we we've kind of had this this debate before, and I think we should have this extended debate someday for 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 one of the funsies. But uh, this we- is not something that can be salvaged. This is cannot. We need to completely abolish police and start over again. We need to completely start create over. Create something because- new.
0: I don't actually disagree with that, um, especially when it comes to the sheriff's department. More so because I think they're even more crazy. Well, here's Um,
3: the thing. Here's the thing, Tina. Think about just what it means to. All right. So here's something they do all the time in L.A. And they do this all across the country. They do sweeps. All right. Yeah,
0: the sweeps are terrible. They should not be doing that either.
3: Oh, of course not. But 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 here's what I'm getting at. Think about what it means to order somebody to do that. What you're asking someone to do. You're asking somebody to go and displace a homeless person violently. I agree. you're you're just destroying what little they have yep um you know and and you have no idea what their situation is maybe you know maybe they're schizophrenic like like who knows and you're just supposed to go in there and just displace them it is such an inhumane thing to ask of I a agree. human being <clears throat> most people could not even do that I couldn't do that you couldn't do that no, and I'm sure there are some cops that they're asked to do that, and they look around and they go, This is not what I signed up for. Those are the cops who don't last.
0: You're so right, you're you are are absolutely correct on that. Those are the cops that don't last. They're pushed out, they leave, they don't want to do it anymore. So, so who's let's last? be honest. We're self, we are self selecting for a group of individuals
3: that who want to do it,
0: who want to do it, who are probably the yes. worst individuals to do it.
3: That's the thing, like like <laughs> when you have a system like that, yeah, the only people you're going to get are the people who want to do that. They want to hurt people. They want to kill people. They want an excuse to you use know, their taser on another <laughs> human being until they're dead. Because that's what that guy I wanted. Agree. That guy wanted to kill that person. That's not, what he wanted to do.
0: Not to digress to another day, but I, you know, I have a flashback to Echo Park night when they did that massive sweep of the homeless camp that, that was mm-hmm. there at Echo Park Lake. And there was one officer that I will never, you know, certain things stick in your brain that you see in your life and you can just not erase them. They come every now and then. They just flash back. This is yeah. This.
3: Just mentioned my car accident. That was one right. For okay. Me.
0: So this is one for me. There was an officer that was in the front of the skirmish line that you could tell he was just itching to beat the crap out of somebody. Right. Hmm. He was like kind of doing this shaky stuff and he was rubbing his baton. And the entire time, he, and then he was tapping like you just watched this guy and you were like, eee, yikes! What is this guy about? And, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, he uh, broke the lens of my camera intentionally. Mm. And then later on, he was pushing around. Like the entire night, he was just a very. Was that
3: the guy who shoved you?
0: Uh, he broke my camera lens. Yeah. Different guy. A... Oh, no, not at Roe v. Wade. This was at Echo Park.
3: Jeez, you're just always making friends, huh? I did... <laughs> you're, just... <laughs> you're like, no, that was a, that was a different That's guy. A different... Then there was guy. a third guy who broke my window. And then there was <laughs> just <laughs> collect the set um (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you laugh about this stuff otherwise everyone would think i'm a huge dick
0: i just see it as an occupational hazard um you know but on the flip side i you're right about like the, the there are other cops that have come to me and given me information that's been very helpful but you know what they all leave the department you're correct they don't want any they don't want to be around these guys i remember one officer told me once he had come down he worked in michael moore's office downtown. You know, and he had mentioned to me that he had was having lunch with a black officer one afternoon, and this other officer comes over and is like, when are we going to have White History Month? Nice. It, what is the point of that except to be fucking racist, right? It's appalling. <laughs> it's absolutely appalling.
3: Wow yeah i mean and again like that's the system so it's like you attract people up. who want to cause violence you attract people who are white supremacists you attract nazis you attract kkk you members you attract, attract other gang members yeah. and yeah it's like if you go in with good intentions you're out you leave, really quick you yeah, you are, you i mean I, I i talked to a guy I laugh once. because
0: it's true it's absolutely true
3: no i mean and that's why i say i'm like look I think maybe at some point in the 90s, reform was a possibility. That ship has sailed. It's over. It's think, way too you know, far gone.
0: I agree. you got to just start over again. We've improved massively from the Daryl Gates era, but the fact that we're still here having many of these conversations over and over again is really problematic. And obviously, whatever is there is so deep-seated. You know, and I think part of it, too, um, I talked to another um, officer that was working in reform is is his thing, he was writing a PhD on it. One of the things that he mentioned that I thought was interesting was that they are intentionally recruiting ex-military guys because they don't really have to train them in their opinion. I'm like, but my thing is response to that. I was like, oh, but you do. You're now putting somebody out on the street that views all of the citizens as enemy combatants and not yeah. citizens. Like They're, it's they're really, used
3: to a war zone.
0: It's really fucking problematic. <laughs> it's like the worst kind of person. Like, no, this person probably has PTSD on top of it. The smallest thing might trigger them. So, yeah, the way they view all of these things is just... From the outside looking in, you're like, how is that not obvious that that's a problem? But well, we and just,
3: just the job itself is so freaking absurd that there's this highly under trained, underscreened person with a badge and a gun and, pu- and impunity that is expected to know what to do in any given situation. You know, if we lived in a better world, we would have traffic, like, like not just traffic patrol, like they want to give you a ticket. But people who specialize in this type of thing that, and that's hey, what the, yeah, when someone's in an accident, they might right. be—they they might have a moment of shock. And here's how you kind of talk them down. Here's how right. you settle them. Here's how you know if they're going to have a panic attack or not or if they right. just need you to, to kind of like br- like encourage them to breathe, like yeah. whatever. Instead of
0: treating everybody like Instead a Instead of tasing
3: <laughs> them. I, I mean, I just, it's just – but I, I think and, there you know, was, we yeah. didn't play
0: the beginning part of the body cam footage, but you see when the officer first, first pulls up, uh, you can tell he's having some sort of panic. He's having something going on. There's something definitely, it's obvious. Yeah. And so the officer's telling him to, to get against the wall and standing. And he's like, no, I need to be somewhere where people can see me. So you could, al- you could also see that he's like, no, you're an officer. I'm black. I need people to see right. me. And what, if you're going to do something, he's now he's afraid, right? On top of yeah. it, because of, because of the way he's initially approached. Yeah, no, hundred.
3: and watching that. Uh, and again, and like with the story I just told you guys of what I went through, that went through my mind, that that very thing when he said, I need to be where people can see me. And I thought to myself, yeah, when I was in my accident in 2013 and I was panicked because I had just had a terrible accident, I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have to think, oh, wait, it's a cop. Yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't crazy. have to think like that. You know, that, that's that's but that's what it's like being black in America that he had to think about that i didn't you know i mean it's it's just horrible
0: i agree i agree <clears throat> um so there's gonna be and i also mentioned this there's gonna be a protest on saturday blmla's uh sponsoring a protest setting it up it's gonna be on the site there where um keenan was killed so i'll i'll go and cover that on saturday so we'll have footage from that um they're gonna do a candlelight vigil And we'll see what happens next, you know, um, whether these officers get disciplined or what. But something needs to happen.
3: I hope so. I, I mean, it's like, you know... These things happen nonstop. I mean, it's to the point where sometimes you'll be talking about one shooting. Someone will reference another one because they they don't even keep track of all of them. I mean, I I remember one time I was talking about the Anthony McClain incident in Pasadena. Somebody was defending another cop shooting. And I'm like, no, no, that's not even that's a different different shooting. First of all, you're wrong about that one, too. But (laughs) but this is a different one. So you you need to, you know, you you dip the wrong piece of propaganda. But. So, I mean, it, it's, it's it's the bad. system is just rotten to the core and it just needs to yeah. we need to just start all over again and we need to completely rethink what it means <laughs> to have law enforcement in our lives and how that should be conducted and the and roles that, that people like. should play I mean- and what that looks like.
0: I mean, the thing that—I mean, not to like make this entire show about law enforcement, but you know, the thing that we need—the one thing we need law enforcement to do—is the thing that they—the the smallest thing that they do—and it just doesn't make sense. Like, we need them to solve murders, to solve rapes. Uh, they never, you do. Know, they, they never do. They never do. They solve at,
3: less than two percent.
0: You look at the crime solve rates for some of these, and they are quite low. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway, on that note, we should probably move on to Glacier Northwest. Which uh, so I was about to play. I was sort of giving the background on how this case uh, came to SCOTUS. So basically, they are asking Washington State dismissed the lawsuit that uh, Glacier Northwest brought against the Teamsters uh, and basically saying it need to go to the labor board. That was their jurisdiction, which personally on a sidebar, I think that's the correct ruling. They're 100
3: percent right. Yeah. Any any egregious behavior. Well, quote, unquote, egregious behavior, which in this case, we'll get into it. There was no egregious behavior. I agree. But any case where like the question of, quote, unquote, egregious behavior is present, uh, the labor board decides that. So the Washington state court was 100 percent right that they're like, this is not you got to take this to the labor board. Right. So I mean, by the way, you don't have much here, just so you know. But the Supreme Court is anti workers. They are. You know, we'll see. Well, what they so speak. what I
0: think, what I think is really problematic, and I want to clarify this because I think this is far more detrimental than ruling on whether uh, you know union members can strike or not. I think they're trying to chill and scare workers. Uh, glacier, to be clear, Glacier Northwest. So, it's, so this case really doesn't re- revolve around the right to strike, right? It revolves around whether individual workers can be held liable or responsible for property damage that might be caused right. during the strike. So if you tell a worker that they are personally liable for property damage that might occur during a strike, they're gonna be afraid to go on strike. And I think that's the point, right? This is why big business would want would want SCOTUS to rule on this. It would be a huge win for them for that reason alone. Um, so the case basically revolves around, I started talking about the cement trucks. So they go, the teamsters go on strike, the cement trucks are brought back to their facility um, and with intention knowing that there was cement in them, the the workers left the drums spinning. At that point, the management had a choice to make. They could either continue um, to deliver the cement at the locations that they were out to go to or they could dump the cement and deal with it that way which they dump excess cement every day is my understanding this is not unheard of. If they don't use all the cement at the site and it comes back, they have to deal with the excess cement there at the facility. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: no, uh, those that, the that is options. correct.
3: I've seen the so, sopranos. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll continue.
0: So, they didn't, dam- no cement trucks were damaged. They, the management decided to dump the cement and have it hauled away. There's a, a cost to that, but, you know, that's whatever. That's just the cost of doing the business. Maybe you should just pay your workers better. Isn't that the point? So, um, really, what this is revolving around is that right there—the the cement. So now we had we heard arguments coming from both uh, groups of judges, the liberal judges and the conservative judges. Um, at one point, John Roberts, uh, I quote something along the lines: "Is is it okay for the milk to spoil, meaning the cement, but not okay to shoot the cow, meaning the um, cement truck, right?" Because right now, I guess the way the law is framed, the argument is about whether or not spoiled goods like spoiled cheese, spoiled lettuce, this stuff spoils because the workers are not available to handle those goods that is considered um, an OK thing to happen because it's not done by intention with the workers. Right. The workers aren't intentionally destroying property. It's right. being destroyed by virtue of there just being a strike and they're not present to work. Right. So that that's the difference between like that and say vandal- vandalizing property. Like if I go back yes. to my old workplace and I intentionally destroy the machinery, or cause major property damage in that way. That's an entirely different argument. And just everybody present seemed to agree that that was the case, right? So we're arguing right. at this point over what the cement um, constitutes. They're arguing
3: so- over what egregious behavior, quote unquote, is. And yeah, like, like the, the analogy you gave is, is perfect. I would say to the milk example, what happened here, I mean, keep in mind, By leaving the trucks running, that was an act of good faith. They didn't really have to do that. I agree with you. They did that to help the companies. And they said, basically, here it goes. So basically, in the milk uh, analogy, they took the milk and put it in the fridge and said, hey, it's in the fridge. It's up to you now. What happens next is up to you. What happens next is up to you because we're going on strike. So the company could have drank the milk they could have uh sold the milk they could have uh made macaroni and cheese they could (laughs) have made a cake instead they let the milk spoil and then they said well this is your fault like no 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 they could have left the milk on the shelf if they wanted to they put it in the fridge as an act of good faith and here's what you guys do anyway
0: right so that brings me to my next thing that i wrote down um reasonable precautions to pre- to prevent property damage were those made um i i agree with you i think yes because they left the drums running they didn't you know there was a choice that had to be made by management at that point i think if, they went if, above and
3: beyond if i think they, they wanted went above to and destroy
0: beyond. the trucks they would have turned off the drums the cement would have um, hardened inside the trucks and every single one of those trucks would have been permanently damaged so i'm um, interested kagan uh brown sotomayor all pressed on this as uh, as much. And I think the reason wasn't necessarily that they thought that there was negligence done on behalf of the workers. I think it was to press, to, uh, they pressed just because they wanted people to be really clear on what the arguments were. Um, I would also say that Alito and Kavanaugh didn't ask any questions, they were silent. Um, as were most of the conservative judges, I was not able to get a read on what their opinion was on this because they were very just asking questions and not really giving a reaction to what was said, Um, you know. So there's something called a Garmin preemption. And again, I'm not a legal scholar, so an attorney could probably explain this better. But when does the state court preempt the federal labor law and the NLRB? So this is the second argument that I think is at the center of this court case. When is it okay for the state court for their um for them to preempt what the nlrb does traditionally obviously the liberal judges are basically saying no the, that's the job of the nlrb and right. they are an expert in this area they handle these cases on the regular they know the laws inside and out and if you're unsatisfied with the outcome of your nlrb nlrb case you can then go to the state court so i thought that that was a fair read um so, on that note, there's, a, there's two clips I want to play so people can get a little bit more about what we're talking about. This first clip starts, uh, it's the one that starts at 4.58. Colin, if we can play that. This is uh, Mayard talking to the attorney for Glacier Northwest.
2: Because hey, I'm not sure I understand your answer to the question whether you think that your test captures conduct that the reasonable precautions test does not. So in your latter half of the Mm -hmm. answer, you suggested yes. I took the former half to say no. So maybe I was just misunderstanding. But does it go further? Does it capture conduct that you think the board's test does not?
4: So it's hard for me to think of in my head a set of facts that would be captured by our test, but not their test. So in that sense, I do think that our test is a subset of their test. But look, it's a might, subset of the. I, test. I, I think so, but you might be able to come up with a set of facts where there's not overlap. Yeah. I haven't. Been so able if to that's think of one the
2: case, yet. why shouldn't we use the the uh, doctrine, the standard, the words that have always been used in this sphere before? I, I think the main reason is that when you've got something as
4: clear as this, something as egregious as intentional property destruction, it's important to take that clear category of misconduct off the table. Look, we're dealing with ongoing negotiations here, and the parties need to know the rules of the road. What are legitimate tactics in the course of a lawful negotiation? I worry that something as nebulous as as reasonable precautions doesn't really give the parties the guidance they need. Mr. Francisco,
2: I thought that reasonable precautions was fairly clear. The one items that uh, the board has said are not covered are those where an individual, a union member, is acting in a way that any citizen in the same position would have been held responsible for. So if you libel somebody, somebody it's not just you, but any other citizen with no legal obligation to you would be liable. Similarly, no person who um, who's on strike or not can impose intentionally emotional distress. All right? Those are things that categorically we say can't be arguably protected. But when it comes to destruction of property, I always thought you needed a duty that you're breaching. If an employee goes on strike, their duty to you has ended. I can walk by your plant and the parking lot and see those trucks running. I have no obligation to tell you there's cement in there. I have no obligation to move the truck. I have no obligation to do anything. That's what the employees at that moment, they went on strike. What the government is saying, however, is intentional destruction of property means that I'm taking an affirmative act, not just merely the the property perishing on its own.
0: So I think she's doing a really good job of clarifying this point of which way what is intentional property damage and one is just something that happens by virtue of the workers being on strike and these are very two different things. So Glacier Northwest is arguing that the fact that these workers, my understanding at least, is the fact that these workers took the cement trucks out full of cement to go to location and then went on strike after the fact somehow represents intentional property action destruction. On, on their behalf so um I thought that w- I thought her points were really good um the second well, and
3: w- and his claim is absolutely ridiculous the, oh, what, what the workers made an act of good faith and that and that's how they get repaid for it they do an act of good faith they leave the the trucks running for for the company they didn't even have to do that they did it they're under no obligation as as uh, as she pointed out they're under no obligation uh, at that point. And you know they're on strike. They're yeah, trying, I mean they're so on strike. They wanted, yeah, so, if they
0: wanted to damage the trucks, they would have. Um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm just going to reiterate the here. Going, so I agree with you there.
3: The Supreme Court has no business hearing this. <laughs>
0: this case. The Supreme yeah.
3: Court has no business being involved here. So you know what I what I think is really going on. I think that we are seeing the biggest workers uprising that we have seen in nearly 100 years. And I think the powers that be know that. So they're going to see if their buddies at the Supreme Court can help out. Because protocol was not followed here. They know there is a notoriously anti-worker Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is a scam and a political football to begin with. We all know this. So we're watching this kangaroo court in session. And I only hope that, that it gets, there's enough public outcry that it has to be uh, stopped and that they follow the proper protocol, which is go to the labor board, which is this labor board is worth assault. They'll favor it in in honor of the workers because the workers didn't do anything freaking wrong. And guess what? You have a constitutional right to strike. So they're not going to go after that right specifically. They're not going to go after that right head on. They're going to try to beat around it by saying, "Okay, you can technically go on strike. But now your, your company, right. the company can sue you. So if you want to go on strike, you have to worry about that now. You have to prepare for the strike, which in the United States, striking is incredibly hard. Why? Because we don't have living wages and healthcare is tied to a job and unions have been defanged for 60 plus years. So you take all that and now you add another layer on. And that other layer is you better be ready to pay lawyer fees because they can sue you now because egregious behavior just means anything. You know, because here you have a situation where it was actually the opposite of egregious behavior. They did something for the company they didn't even have to do, and the company is still trying to stick it to them. Right, well, okay, so, but the company- they're a bunch of capitalist criminals.
0: Yeah, okay, so just to clarify too, um, just the company's position is that if they really weren't being egregious to begin with, they never would have taken the trucks. They would have just got on strike that morning without taking the trucks full of cement out. So their argument is that that should not have happened to begin with. I, I would say it's the union's position. They're, they're not arguing in this in court per se, but I would understand why a union would decide to hit them at a moment that it kind of like showed that these workers were essential to the job, to the business, to the profits. Um, so it would make sense to me that they kind of took that middle ground. I don't think it, they should be punished for it and I certainly don't think they, um, there was intentional property damage there. So the next clip I wanna play, this is Judge Brown um, talking to the Teamsters lawyer.
4: I guess I'm not sure I understand what you mean when you when you talk about the distinction. I mean, the, the, the allegation in this case, and you could imagine even hypothetically, is that the union certainly has the right to walk away. Yes. And w- if they're walking away um, and their responsibilities involve perishable goods yes. that as a result of their walking away are going to spoil, Right. then... That's an incidental harm that is occurring. But you can also imagine a situation in which the union says we have evidence that we're gonna time our walking away at the very point in which we've poured the thing that can't be recovered because if we do it at that point, we're going to destroy the machines and that is our intent. I don't understand how that is protected and why that isn't any, you know, the same as, as, as the arsonist who says, I'm gonna walk away, but as I do, let me strike the match and burn down the factory.
1: So what's always been critical to the board's cases is the extent of the harm? So the aggravated nature of the harm, the foreseeable imminence of the harm, not the intent. and But to I'm asking, give it- what should be?
4: I, okay, I appreciate that that it hasn't been clear, but that I think is part of the problem. So in terms of the logic of this, shouldn't the line be drawn around the intent? In the sense of, are is the union engaging in conduct? for the purpose of destroying the property of the factory? Or is the union just striking, and if some of the property gets damaged because they're walking away, that's incidental, that's totally protected?
1: So that should not be the test for two reasons, a doctrinal and a statutory. So let me give you the statutory first. Congress in section 151, the very first section of the act, observed that strikes generally have the quote intent or necessary effect close quote of causing a variety of economic harm including a stoppage of the flow of raw materials and interruptions of operations, and certainly Congress was aware of perishables like cheese and milk and concrete and Okay, but
4: that's still not getting to me. Yes, economic harm is being inflicted when you stop work. Intentionally. You intentionally stop the work, but the question is can you do something that actually um, intends to affect the property directly, to make it the property unsalvageable. We can't get new people in here as a result of the strike and pick up where we left off because you've literally burned down the factory.
1: We agree that you can't burn down the factory, right? We absolutely agree you cannot burn down the okay. factory. All right. You cannot smash things.
0: <laughs> so I think um, her intent here is to really establish a clear uh, definition of what is is uh, property damage as a consequence of the strike where it wasn't intentional and then what is you know intentional vandalism of something of that sort so um, i don't know what your thoughts are on that
3: well i think that you know i understand <laughs> what the lawyer was saying the points he was bringing up and i think he was right on but you know the way i see it and and again i, I mean i'm I'm not an attorney so so I'm, I'm hoping he's a couple plays ahead of me but yeah <laughs> but i i mean i hope so but but i would have said i would have been like look even by like the, the um the standards you set up, they still pass. They did not quote unquote burn down the factory. That didn't happen. They did right. not have the intention to destroy anything. They right. walked away. And yes, they when you strike, you are intending to commit economic harm. That's the that's leverage the you have. Yes, hey, because I'm on point. strike, you know, you're facing some consequences. There's your cement trucks. By the way, we left them running as an act of goodwill. We didn't have to do that. If we didn't do that, you would have been worse off. We left them running so that it didn't spoil immediately. They could have handled it. The company could have handled it. They chose not to. You know, if they really wanted to, quote unquote, burn down the factory, they could have dumped the cement in the offices or something like that. They, they could have put it in someone's sandwich. There's plenty of things they could have freaking done if they had the intent to destroy things. And yes, that is different. Then you cross into the line of egregious behavior, which is not permitted. You you can't, you know, if you go on strike, you have the right to strike. You don't have the right to, you know, like, like, like just burn down a building. You don't have the right to, you know, if you're striking at Starbucks and someone walks into the Starbucks and, and you, you beat the crap out of them, you can't do that. You know, I mean, there's a clear, defined difference. And in this case, it's so abundantly apparent there was no egregious behavior whatsoever. They are grasping whatever is further than a straw. That's what they're grasping for. (laughs) They're they're, they're reaching for they're they're going beyond the straw. They're not even close to the straw. Um, It is absurd that a court is hearing this right now. This should have been brought to the labor board. The labor board should have laughed use the use. The I think most from people agree that. So yeah, I mean, the labor board should have laughed it out of the out of the office. Well, and it there should is, have been dead
0: pending. There is something pending with the NLRB. I'm not sure what the details are on that but it to then me, still
3: the supreme court shouldn't be anywhere near here the supreme well, court no, yeah, this is a they scam could kick it back
0: to the state they could just kick it back to the state i don't know why they're even hearing it they shouldn't be hearing it in my opinion but here we are but they're
3: not going to uh, kick it back because the state already did the right thing the state was like okay this is ridiculous go to the labor board and then the supreme and then they got it up to the supreme court through a bunch of like nonsense loophole like whatever corporate corruption And, you know, the Supreme Court is going to freaking rule on this thing that they have no business weighing in on. They have no business being part of it. That's why. Why would you bring the Supreme Court into this? Well, because you know how anti labor they are and, you know, this is going to set a new president that is going to crush workers.
0: I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, I think they are going to rule. My gut is that the reason they took it is to rule. On it. Hopefully, this ruling is incredibly narrow. But I think the idea that they could make workers uh, liable for any kind of property damage that happens, whether it was intentional or not, is kind of disturbing. That's meant to chill. It's
3: disturbing.
0: It's, it's meant to chill it's workers beyond uh, disturbing. being willing to strike. I 100% agree with you on that. Also, uh, Vivek Suri argued for the United States, made, presented an amicus brief. Um, my understanding is they, they wanted it to be kicked back to the state court uh i didn't get a chance to really go through that because this is all still breaking today but we'll keep an eye on it and we'll see what happens and report on any um <clears throat> developments that come next
3: yeah and this goes far beyond just the teamsters up in seattle and these cement companies if they rule on this oh, 100% it favor it the company, that's the
0: point ron that's the point isn't it my thing is this is how often have we seen uh, far-right entities whether it's think tanks wealthy individuals what i they push for scotus uh cases to happen, even if they think they might not win them, because they want to change the conversation, because they want to set up, you know, push the Overton window further to the right, because eventually, like with Roe v. Wade, if we keep going and keep going 20 years later, maybe we might actually get a win because we. Well, and that's
3: that's exactly what they're doing here. I I mean, that's exactly what they're doing here. Like, again, and and I just want to reiterate to people, the Supreme Court has no business hearing it. this is a scam this is a complete corporate scam and this is what happens when you live in a freaking oligarchy the supreme court reports to nobody most of the people on the supreme court were not even you know like in there due to public opinion they were they were placed there by presidents who didn't even win the popular vote it's a complete scam it shouldn't exist it should be abolished along with the cops and (laughs) you know this is just I mean, I mean, runs, this is runs out to this is, is everything so these days. absurd. <laughs> it is so absurd. I think Listen.
0: in the very least, they should be impeached, several of them for things that have happened. And also, in the very least, we should get rid of lifetime appointments. This just doesn't make sense. Just think- get
3: rid of it. Just so, we well, can have other federal courts. Court
0: yeah, we could. Have, we, yeah, you can yeah, have other some. federal
3: courts that are actual courts. We don't need the Supreme Court. It's a freaking clown show and not a funny one. Get rid of it. <laughs> no,
0: it's definitely not funny. So, well, right. we'll keep an eye
3: on this, but this is yeah. uh this is a big one, folks. This is a big one and this is not good.
0: No, it's not good. I agree it's not good. All right, our next thing is transportation. Colin, bring up
3: the thing. Oh yeah. The thing. Everything <laughs> is collapsing. Everything, Tina, is collapsing. The, so bring it's up very that dystopian, tweet. yeah. People, people waiting for an Amtrak were there for 29 hours. That's insane. So, so a travel nightmare is unfolding right now on Amtrak. Passengers on the auto train have been stuck on board for 29-plus hours, currently it's sitting crazy. in the woods in rural South Carolina. Passengers called the local police saying they're being held hostage. Can we listen to this thing? Here, scroll down, Colin. Can we listen to it? I actually haven't.
2: Once again, for those of you that are calling the police, we are not holding you hostage. We are giving you all the information in which we have. We are sorry about the inconvenience. As soon as more information is available, we will let you know shortly.
0: Thank you. Like, we are
3: not holding you hostage we're not <laughs> just so you know like, we're your friend we want to have a have a biscuit did you have a biscuit i know it's been 29 how hours how
0: is that real
3: have some fruit punch are you feeling oh okay God. we're not holding you hostage <laughs> we're drink this coolie drink it what's in it I nothing i almost just have to Kool-Aid. hear that again drink it, like, drink it.
0: <laughs> how is that real
3: it's real how? this is what we're and, and keep it by so you can't take a train you can't take a plate. I mean, plate travel is literally nuts right now. You know, gas is through the roof. Uh, groceries are out there. I mean, this is, it's we're crazy. here folks. This is failed state status. We're, we're, we're there. Like, like like we've made it like this is, it's collapsing. And, and that's another reason. That's another reason it's collapsing. And they know that. So the last thing they want are more striking workers.
0: <clears throat> yeah, this is true. Um, speaking of more striking workers the nurses reached a deal so there it's not all dark we have some good news
3: a little bit of good news yeah we got some good good news. news for you so
0: but you know here's this is why strikes are important and why we should not be chilling you know here's the thing the ability to strike is protected first amendment free speech that's right so you know i don't that's why they're going after the property damage right
3: yeah yeah, they're Let's, trying to find a loophole. We can't
0: we can't get rid of the free speech. Let's just find ways in which we can chill these workers and scare them so that they don't, you know,
3: make it even harder. But but you harder. know, when you strike that's usually that's the only way to get what you want. That that is literally the only way to get what you want. You got to yeah. go on strike. And sometimes even striking is not enough. But, you know, a lot of times when you strike and and you got to go through with it. You can't well, we're going to threaten a strike. No, you got to you got to do it you, you gotta, gotta do it, it. And, and it's like and here they did it and they got a negotiation uh three I guess days we,
0: only three days in that's pretty good right
3: only three days in and now they had prior so my understanding of this prior they had gotten some wage increases so this particular strike was more in relation to staffing, staffing. issues which right. how does that make you feel folks they're not staffing our hospitals proper, know, properly with nurses dangerous. that make you feel great isn't that good isn't that good <laughs> Your nurse is on like a forty-eight hour shift. Doesn't that right. make you feel great? By herself know, it's, with it's no not literally backup. that long, I don't think. It's crazy. But yeah. You get it's the crazy. idea.
0: All right. Well, so, let's pull up. You want to pull up the Yeah, let's CNN? pull it up.
3: They got a they got a a, a victory here, or at least it, it appears to be a victory. So um, the two, and it only yeah. took three days.
0: Two, yeah, there we go. Two the two hospitals. So uh the agreement includes hundred and seventy new nursing positions which is a 19% increase in pay over the three-year life of the contract, lifetime healthcare coverage for eligible retirees, and adding significantly more nurses to the ER. The deals were announced in the early hours Thursday morning at 3 a.m. Eastern, for Montefiore and about 30 minutes later at Mount Sinai. The nurses returned to the job for the 7 a.m. shift uh, this morning, Thursday, and Montefiore Medical Center said all surgeries and procedures and outpatient appointments for Thursday and after will proceed as scheduled. Uh, Nurses will still need to vote to approve the deal before it is finalized, but the union said the tentative deal will help out more nurses to work and allow patients to receive better care. Through our unity and by putting it all on the line, We won enforceable safe staffing staffing ratios at both Montefiore and Mount Sinai, where nurses went on strike for patient care, the nurses' union said in a statement. Today, we can return to work with our heads held high, knowing that our victory means safer care for both patients and more sustainable jobs for our profession. Mount Sinai called the agreement fair and responsible, which is why they didn't agree to it in the first place.
3: Yeah, right, which is why they had to be... (laughs) That's great. I mean, what, what an unintentional cell phone right there. Like, hey, know- this is a fair and responsible way to do business. Oh, so you guys did it without being asked? No, no, no. They had to go on strike for three days. That's If you want us to be fair and responsible, you literally have to go on strike it's when you're a nurse right? and people's lives are on the line. You have to go on strike, and then we'll do what we should have done in the first place. Wow. It's, it's amazing. I- it, it is amazing the time we're living in right now. This is just—I mean—you could not write this as a dystopian script; it would not get picked up because people would say it's too unrealistic. Freaking nuts! It is freaking nuts, and now they're trying to gut your ability to strike because they don't want more victories like the nurses. They don't want to see more victories like that, right. folks. That's what they do not want. Uh, should we go to some super chats, last announcements, slash setup, right-wing sanity?
0: Uh, we have one more thing we want to play really quickly. The uh, Bloomberg uh, clip from January 11th yesterday. I want. Uh, this is a great little clip. It will take two seconds. Just want to bring attention to it. This is basically a healthcare company executive or um, somebody at J.P. Morgan that uh, monitors and researches healthcare companies for J.P. Morgan, I should say. Uh, nervous about having the Democratic Party have a primary. They prefer to have Biden in there as opposed to an actual primary, because they might end up with a candidate that's more to the left that supports Medicare for all. So let's go ahead and play this clip real quick.
5: And then on 2024, how does the outlook around these companies change depending on whether or not the individual running for the Democratic side is Joe Biden? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. It's something we've been talking a lot about is that will President Biden run or not run? I think we're all waiting to hear his decision. Um, If he decides not to run, uh, we know what we're gonna get with the Biden administration, right? We know what we've gotten so far. If he decides not to run and it's opened up and and there's a primary, you have Democrats that have a tendency to be a little more liberal and more left leaning and introduce things around Medicare for all, if you remember with Bernie or with Elizabeth Warren in the past. And so, you know, I think for an investor, it's the headline risk, right? I mean, even if we go back and we look at what happened with the Affordable Care Act, not nearly as bad as people had anticipated. But again, you know that's once we get to the details. The headlines are, are generally what caused managed care to trade off. So until we know the public policy of how that that individual's thinking, it's hard to make a determination. And as you know, investors sell first and ask questions later.
3: You know, the can I make an there. observation here? <laughs> yes. let, me, let me make a real quick observation. Whenever somebody uh, goes for affirmations all the time. We all we all do it occasionally, like as an aside, I I think it's just like human nature when you're speaking. But whenever you do it constantly, where you're like, well, you know, right. I mean, you know, you know this, you know, I mean, you know how that goes, you know, right. Usually it's because you're trying to sell some really evil shit and deep down, you know, it. (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, right. We'd be worried if the Affordable Care Act wasn't as bad.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: What like, do you mean? Like, wasn't it bad.
0: That was a giant handout to healthcare insurers. You guys all made bank on it. Well, that,
3: that's why you? she meant it wasn't as bad. I mean, I mean, that's what she meant by not as bad. She's like, we still but, got but, money. she should have said
0: it was a investor. genius giant handout to us. We got more money than we got previously because of the yeah, mandate. Yeah, but,
3: but she still is. You know, I mean, she, she's oh well, the investors, Medicare for all. I mean, right. right? That'd be bad. Everyone would have healthcare. That'd be terrible, right? Because right. like our the middleman
0: that deal. is gouging everybody, it would be horrifying.
3: So yeah, because they're now all
0: profite- they're literally all profiteering off of a healthcare system that doesn't need them. That's the bottom line.
3: Well, here's the thing. I I I will say this though, like, like just as as an aside to that, I don't think they have anything to worry about whether Biden runs or not. I mean, if, if Biden I, I mean, I think they're going to prop him back up there. Um I, but I agree. if they don't, if they if they don't, you know, decide to prop him back up and see if he can remember what he had for breakfast, um I don't who are they going to who like what pro Medicare for all possible candidate could there be? I I don't think Bernie's yeah. going to run again. I I honestly don't think he should. So who? I mean, there's nobody. There's nobody. There's, there's nobody. Yeah. There's so no really
0: strong. Progressive they have nothing to worry about. Though. Yeah, I agree. They I have agree
3: nothing here. to worry about. are go- I, I just get... found
0: it amusing that they're worried anyway.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I sometimes wonder what it would be like spending a day in a person's like that, like their head. You know, to just just like, oh man, if everyone had healthcare, that'd be terrible. Well, why? Because our shareholders would get less. Well, isn't that isn't that terrible? No, that's okay, right? No, no, it's not okay. Well, you know, no, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. There are other ways to make money and sustain yourself as a right. human uh, other than denying people care so that they die. That's not an honest way to make a living. I'm sorry. That's I not agree. an honest way to make a living. So, But uh, unfortunately for the country and all of us, uh, those people, the, the investors, they don't have anything to worry about. There's not going to be a pro-Medicare for All candidate in 2024, or, or at least I would be beyond shocked if, if something crazy happened and there was. It's not going to happen. They're they're gonna prop Rip Van Winkle up there again, gonna- or <laughs> or they're gonna try to shove Kamala down everyone's throats. Um, one of the two. That that's my guess. Anyway, I don't see yeah. anything.
0: No, I I don't. does there might be this. an
3: outside challenger? There might be like some outside challenger. Um, but I don't I don't see it going that far. If we're being real, I mean, it'd, it'd be cool if like I mean I know some people mentioned Marianne Williamson. Like, I, I mean, I, I like Miriam Williamson a lot I better too, than I Biden. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, but I I, don't I just don't think her... she
0: could win the prize. Yeah, I don't see it happening.
3: I don't <laughs> think she could. And and that's not a bash on her. I don't think anyone could. You no, know? it's not I a bash mean, on her. It's,
0: I... it's an even harder thing to do when you have – a sitting president that's in the same party that would be having the primary that's just pretty unheard of so well, yeah and it,
3: i mean dude if if, if they if they if stop anything, bernie be in his nominee. tracks exactly. yeah i mean they're, they're gonna stop it outsider in their tracks right. too i mean if they could stop bernie who is already in the senate at least of course they're gonna and stop also him exceedingly
0: being... popular yeah there's
3: yeah yeah and exceedingly popular I so
0: agree.
3: uh <laughs> shall we uh super chat announcement it up yeah uh So first of all, folks, I do have to say, quick call to action, a little bit of good news. They did renominate Gigi Sohn's um, nomination to the FCC. She would give us a pro-net neutrality FCC. Net neutrality guarantees a free and open internet. Please go to battleforthenet.com and demand they appoint her now. They have the votes. They've been putting this off for two years, which is historic. Let's not let them put it off anymore. It's crazy. Go to battleforthenet.com, approve, uh, or, or... Pressure them to appoint her. It's time. They re-upped her nomination. That's a good thing. We weren't sure they were going to do that, but they re-upped it. The right-wing campaign against her has already started again. Yeah. So we got to be loud. Battleforthenet.com. Joe Biden doesn't really care. He doesn't care about net neutrality. Chuck Schumer has a million conflict of interest with big tech. A lot of the Republicans don't like her, so she has a lot of opposition, but the votes are there battleforthenet.com. All right. And folks, you can check me out live, romplicone.com. January 28th, I will be in Tucson. That's a stand-up show and the premiere screening of my short film slash pilot, Loner. Can't wait for the world to see it. Get tickets now, romplicone.com. February 10th, April 14th, and May 12th, I will be at the Glendale Room in Los Angeles, California, working on my 2023 hour. Tickets and all information at romplicone.com.